Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. We're finishing up our special week series as we close out Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I didn't want to inundate you with a lot of statistics or a lot of you should or if you're not. I believe that the conversations we've had this week with the two women who are breast cancer survivors point out what you need to do for you. You don't need me as a physician trying to guilt you or make you feel that you aren't taking care of yourself because you haven't done. We all know what we really need to do. These stories are a way for you to relate, to see how what you're going through in your own life, the everyday, is not so different from somebody else. And if it can happen to somebody else, it can happen to me. So I need to be very in tune with what's going on with me so that I can be present in the moments, that I can ask the appropriate questions, that I can have the appropriate conversations with my family, with my physician, and be able to be an intricate partner with my healthcare providers and making sure I have whole person care. So today, we're going to finish our conversation with radio personality from Huntsville, Alabama, midday host at We Up 103 FM and 1700 AM, Miss Micah Logan, or ML6, as she rounds the corner and tells us what she's doing for her community. So, let's sit down. Let's finish this conversation. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. I was just like, I'm tired. 
But then I had a scare when I went to get my most recent mammogram, and they told me that there was a possibility that the cancer could be back. Oh, wow. I had to go back under the knife. They had to cut me back open. When was that? This was August. Oh, wow. That's August. Yeah, this past August. They, and I didn't tell anybody. And the only reason I told my parents was because I had to go into anesthesia. I'm thinking I was just going there for like a biopsy or something. They're like, no, 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 this is real deal surgery. Whoa. I told my parents and I told my pastor. And he was like, so it's just me? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I don't want anybody to know because I don't want to scare anybody. Everyone, you know, everyone looked at me like I was their miracle. Mm-hmm. They saw that Jesus was still, and I didn't want to mess up any, to me, I just felt like I didn't want to mess up anybody's faith. Wow. And in the process, I was so scared, like, and then not even thinking, like, okay, God's already healed you once, and if it is going to, if it did come back, you know he's going to do it again. But, you know, as humans, we forget what God has done for us in yeah. the past. Yeah, And so whenever things come come again, we forget that, okay, we've been here before. Hmm. He's going to get us through this. And that's what happened. For a split second, I was just like, yo, I messed, this is messed up. Like, I'm yeah. going to go through this all over again. Not even thinking like, girl, he, listen, <laughs> he got you. But it was a wagon call. And I, they went in, and it was just some calcium buildup around the area. It just looked, and they were wanted to be safe and sorry. Yeah. And um, everything was fine. And the doctor said, I just really need you to take him some oxygen. She's like, can you just give me a year straight? And after a year, we'll go back and we'll look at everything. And I was like, I will do my best. Because I do not want to be back here. Wow. Um, everyone thinks that after you get the cancer-free diagnosis, that life is easy. It's not. You still have to deal with stuff because every time my breast hurts or every time I see something or feel something, there's this hint of fear. Mm. I'm calling my doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do I need to come in? Is something wrong? Because, and that's how it's going to be for the next five to ten years. Mm. And that's crazy to live like that. Um, but I just try and go each day like, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be good. Um, I promise God that, you know, for whatever reason, this was put on me. Yeah. And I told myself just two weeks ago, um, I had to thank God for trusting me with it. Wow. Trusting that through the process that he was going to get all the glory. And that through the process, I was open to my faith being stretched. Mm. And through the process, that I was going to be able to trust him completely. I went to my doctor when they were, I was taking all the tests, all the gene tests and everything. Because they had no idea where this came from. Yeah. So I went to my doctor one day and I said, hey, I said, do me a favor. I said, just stop. He's like, well, I said, just stop. I said, you're not going to figure this out. I said, this is something that's between me and God. He just looked at me. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I said, I told him. And he was like, so I said, just stop. I said, do what you need to do. We're going to be fine. And when everything was done, he came to me and he said, you might be my prize patient. He was like, this God that you serve really, really, really held you through. And I was like, thank you. Thank God. Because I will walk in there. And I would get my blood, and I'm. People were coming up to me like, "Hey, can you can you sit with me and encourage me?" And I was like, "Yo, you know I'm here to get my chemo treatment too, right?" <laughs> <laughs> um, it would just be this. 
I didn't want to walk in there sad and depressed, and I wasn't going to walk out sad and depressed. Mm. I refused. I didn't feel like that was not the way God wanted to be revealed. Mercy. And I wanted him to be seen, and it wasn't fake. It wasn't phony. It wasn't like I had to prep myself. It was just like, yo, you got chemo today? Whoever was coming to get me, let's get it. People had to force me to lay down. Of course, they had to force me to eat. Of course, my taste buds were gone. Uh, I had to put hot sauce on everything. I had to put peppermint oil in my water. Um, I had to drink Ensure. Like, I had to get through it. Um, There were days where I didn't want to talk to people. Yeah. There were days where I would be so busy and they were doing so much stuff that I remember one time I walked in the door and I must have been so exhausted because I fell out right in front of the door. When what? I woke up, I was always confused. I was fully closed. Door was like unlocked. My body just said, enough. I need a break. I was like, whoa. Um, because for me, going and going and going and going is really what kept me alive. Mm-hmm. So much so that I haven't really... Just recently, I finally took the time, and I was just sat down, and I was like, yo, like, you had cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Um, it, was in a, it was just a quick and crazy nine months. I got it, went through it, and beat it in less than a year. This is an amazing story. <laughs> it just, it blows my mind, because it was like, and in that year, I saw so much. I met so many wonderful, amazing women. I met so many young women. Unfortunately, I had to go to one of my warrior sisters' funerals, and she mm. was buried on her 30th birthday. Oh, my and goodness. that killed me out. That broke my... I was devastated. Devastated because I met this young lady. She was young. She was vibrant. She had a child. And the cancer just kept coming back. Mm. And it went into other areas and I kept saying to myself like Lord like you just kept mine within the tumor and never went to my lymph nodes they mm. caught it at stage two they were able to treat it even though it was the strongest cocktail they were able to do what they need to do but it was just crazy to see her and then I was like yo like young women are really going through this I met a 21 year old at A&L who went through it and she had both of her breasts cut off Whoa. reconstructed and everything and I'm like and she's looking at me like, thank you for speaking out because no one's speaking out for the younger woman. And I'm like, this is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, why are they still stuck on it being our grandmothers and our aunts and our mothers? Like, this is happening to your homegirl, your cousin, your niece, your roommate, your best friend. And they're not saying anything. They're just acting as if it's not important. And that was blowing my mind. I said, for that reason alone, I have to speak out. I have to. These young girls don't have anybody that's speaking for them. And if I can only speak for one or two or three or 50, I'm going to do it. Because when it was going out, when I found out, yeah, I appreciate the older woman. And I salute my, the mothers that have gone through and that have fought. But it wasn't until that young girl hit me on Instagram that I actually realized that there's younger women going through this. That's what changed it for me. Yeah, that changed that changed the game. It changed the landscape. That changed the game for me. This has been crazy. Like this entire situation. Um, I asked God for three things. You know, in, in January first, you make resolutions. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, Lord. I said, um, 
is what I'm asking of you. I'm saying, can you increase my faith? Can you help me appreciate my job more? And can you help me to be more active in my community? When I tell you that God has answered all three of those prayers hmm. um, through this battle with breast cancer, it's crazy. And I say, you know, you really have to be careful what you ask for. And yeah. it also showed me that sometimes God will give you exactly what you asked for, but not in the way you thought that you were going to get it. But you're going to be happier with the result. And I was like, yo, this is okay. Wow. I was just at a point in my life where I felt like something needed to happen, especially spiritually. I was asking a lot of questions. You know, when you're raised in a church all your life, you're kind of told what to believe and mm-hmm. how to believe it. Mm-hmm. And then I just got to a point where I wanted to know for myself what was what. And I was like, God, you got to do something. Now, I wasn't expecting this to happen, but <laughs> he was able to, it all worked for my good. Yeah. Um, I have been so active in the community. I have met so many amazing people. I have been busy all month long. Um, yeah, I saw. I I, I saw people. that you were. Um, you had ML six team in the Liz Hurley. Yeah. Um, in the Liz Hurley ML6 run. ML six has really um, even linking up with Liz Hurley last year. She found me randomly, like. I don't. I signed up for you know the, the the race last year. Like, oh, there's a breast cancer race. Let's sign up. And somehow or another, uh, she got a hold of me and she met with me and she came to the radio station and she interviewed me for her wow. piece that she did on the news. What? And she told me she said, you know, black women don't talk about it publicly like this. It's unheard of, and it's hard for her because. The type that she had is more prone in African-American women. And she said that she's found it hard to reach African-American women because she's not black. Mm. And she said, then here I am. Here you come along and you can reach the community and you can bring awareness to your community. And I was like, I guess I can. (laughs) Um, And she opened up so many doors to me. And Team ML6 is a movement down here. And I didn't realize it until this year. Um as we were doing the race and random people were coming up to me and they were adding my names to the, you know, they say who you're running for and they were adding my name to their, on their line and yelling my name from, you know, and while during the race while I was running, walking and or jogging because I was not running that whole thing. Um, uh, Liz was there when I crossed the finish line, Mm -hmm. ready, ready to hug me. Um, we're moving. So many people have been putting on so many events to support Team ML6. ML6. Um, We are now in the process of not just making it an October thing. We are making it a a year-round thing. My goal for Team ML6 is to be in the schools, bringing awareness to these young girls. Because cancer doesn't happen. Breast cancer doesn't happen in October. Right. Not in May. Right. You know, there needs to be awareness all year round. Um, this is the most talked about cancer, um, and amongst all the cancers between this and prostate. But I want to make it so that women can know that. And if you get it in November, you have somebody that has your back. If you get it in July, you have somebody mm. that has your back. If you get it in August, you have somebody that has your back that you can look to, to come to, to be like, okay, she's bringing awareness. That is my goal. So I want to be doing things in school. I want to support other cancers, not just bring awareness to other cancers. Like, this thing is taking our community out. And because it's 
people have a lack of knowledge. Yes. They don't know what it is that's happening, what they're putting into their bodies. They don't get it. They're just seeing things, they're going to the doctor, and they're just like, wait a minute, what? No, we're bringing awareness. So I have come up, I have a team, and we are uh, building, and we're really taking this thing, we really want to take this thing, like, big time. Um, I was asking God for my purpose in life. Um, Yeah, I do radio, and I love it, but I felt like there was something more, Hmm. and this is it. I am supposed to be out bringing awareness to this and helping these young girls and helping women through my story. Sometimes I feel like, well, because I didn't have, I didn't go through the whole, like, horrible, crazy, you know, like, sick story that you see on the, on TV. Mine was a little different. Um, I'm like, well, maybe nobody will get it by what I say and what I do. But God's like, no, 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 no. I need you to tell your story. Hmm. I need you to tell it because this is what you went through. This is what I got you through. And I need you to tell it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell it. <laughs> and I'm going to do what you say do. Wow. It's been very rewarding. It's been very humbling. Um, sometimes this has also been very therapeutic yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Because I held so much in because I was working so much. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get through each day. Yeah, I had bad moments. Moments that I had bad days. But my job was to live. And that's what I want to do. I want to encourage these young girls. Live. And that's with anything that you face. Anything, whether it be cancer, diabetes, whatever, boyfriend, whatever. Live. Your job is to live your best life. Nothing, be it illness, be it a job, be it a person, nothing should stop you from living your best life. You got one. Make the best of it. That is what I want to express to these young women. You're beautiful. You're bold. Rock these bald heads. Do it. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Because your testimony, I didn't get this for me. I got this for someone else. Hmm. Help someone else through. Point blank and period. God knew that he could trust me with it to be a testimony to help somebody else. Who am I to to deny him of that? Wow. I have to make sure it happens. And if I got to do it for the rest of my days, so be it. If, you know, the, the young woman that comes up to me and says, I support the cause, or because of you telling me to make sure I want to get my mammogram, I schedule mine. Thank you. It's worth it. Stop ignoring things. In our community, we're so anti-doctor. Yeah. If you want to go to the doctor and get checked out, and stop playing. If y'all don't start asking questions in your families, we're so quick. How did they die? Oh, really? Listen, before it even gets there, you need to find out what's in our family history. And here's another crazy thing. Before I turned 30, I didn't know who my biological father was. Hmm. I kept thinking that after 30, something crazy with my health was going to happen. And I felt like I needed to find out who he was. Hmm. I was 29. When I found out who my biological father was, December two years ago, I was 29. Found out who my biological father was. 31, I found out I have cancer. That mm. was mentally preparing me. He was mentally preparing me. Because I'm telling you, the feeling that I had at 28, I was like, yo, I really need to find out who this guy is. Because I think that something's going to happen to me physically. 
And I don't want to say that I was speaking it over myself. I just feel like that God was telling me, like, I need you to be prepared. Mm. And it was just like, and I didn't tell many people that. Like, people were like, what are you t- I, Listen, I need to know my medical history. If nothing else. I don't need a relationship with him. I just need his medical records. <laughs> That's all I kept saying. And did you find anything in your family history? I didn't find. There was nothing in my family history dealing with breast cancer. Now, the, now they've had other cancers, and there have been other cancers in my family, mm. but not breast cancer. Okay. So if that's what they were, like, truly trying to figure out. Where did it come from? They had. I mean, and I took every genetic test known to man. Wow. No answers. Nothing. It was a big mystery within the, the within my team of doctors. They had no idea. Micah, you have so elegantly and poignantly and courageously just walked us through so many poignant points in how to connect our own health dots and in your story on the whole person. I mean, I talk about whole person care a lot on this, on this podcast. And I talk about how you need to connect your health dots and it's not just an organ system, but it's the whole person. It's mind, body, spirit. And you have touched on every single entity in this short time we've had together. I, I don't have anything else to add. Honestly, (laughs) I have sat here in awe of you and your story, and I want you to know that House Call really wants to partner with you in this year-round awareness. And we'll talk on um, off air about how yeah. we can how we can do this um, more. But I am really, really just in awe of you, and yeah. you know, like you said, you can't have a testimony unless you have a test. I know one lady used to say, if you, if you don't have a test, you're not testifying, you test the lion. Right. So you definitely have a testimony and are able to help and support other women and not just women, men, um, people in the community to understand, like you said, we need to sit down. We need to start having conversations with our children. We need to start having conversations within our families so that we can open up and we can take hold of our own lives. And like you said, live our best lives. I, I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else. This, this has been, it's been an amazing journey for me. Uh, it's been very eye-opening. It's matured me. Um, and, you know, when I was trying to get out of radio, nothing. Lo was like, no, no, no. And it's really odd when you are on a hip-hop and R&B station and you can just talk freely about what God has done for you. Hmm. No problem. Um, that's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still in Huntsville, the platform that I have. And I use that. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, and I'm here just to tell people each and every day, like, you are looking at a miracle. If I say I say it, like, if you ever doubt the power of prayer and faith, and if you don't think that God is still out here working miracles, look at my face. Hmm. Hear my voice. See me. Because this 
right here. Wow. Who she gonna hurt I am a walking miracle. I had a friend tell me, seeing me go through the process, watching me go through the process, restored his faith in God, mm. and it got him back in his relationship with God. If I didn't have to go through it for nothing else, but for that to happen, I'm grateful for all the tears that I cried, for all the pain that I felt. If it was just for him to get his relationship back with God, it was worth it. And I'd do it all over again. Because there's no point for me to be on this earth if I'm not winning souls for Christ. Point blank and period. It's like, I want my friends to be there with me. And if this has helped my friend, like, this caused my best friend to pray more, they good. This caused my homegirl to get into her word more because she's finding scriptures to send me. If she's searching the scriptures, then good. It's connecting my friends back to the relationship and to the heart of God, then good. If it's connecting my heart back with God, because it wasn't there, then I'm so grateful. So grateful. that I, Do I hate that I had to go through this extreme situation to get there? Kind of. But, you know, I'm hard-headed sometimes. <laughs> God knew that when he formed me. When he made me, um, he knew this day was going to come. And there were just certain things in my life that he placed before me and he was preparing me for it. And certain things that I couldn't walk away from because he knew that I needed them to help me get through this. That being my job. And um, just grateful for that platform. So um, ML6 is here. She's ready. Um, they say if it doesn't scare you, then it's probably not that big of a dream. This, it scares me mm. uh, where this can go. Um, but I'm excited about helping others. And just bringing awareness, man. It's just like, man, I had to tell my friends. We were sitting we were sitting around, and they were here for the race. And I was just saying, like, it's no point for me to sit out here and tell all these women who I don't know if my friends aren't out here taking care of their bodies. Mm. And I just stopped, and I counted. There was eight of us at the table. I said, hey, guys, just so you know, I was the one in eight. Whoa. And they just looked at me. They just looked at me. I think that statistic is real. I lied to you not. I counted it out with eight of us at the table. I was the one in eight. Crazy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. My best friend was like, I'm going to make my appointment when I get home. I said, thank you. I told my other friend, I said, I need you to watch your caffeine intake. I said, mm -hmm. you're drinking way too much caffeine. Hmm. I said, you watch me go through this. I said, that is a risk factor, caffeine. I said, please be mindful of what you're putting into your body. Wow. So, yeah, this has just been, yeah, it's just been crazy. But that statistic is real. It's, it was so, so real. I had just posted it on Facebook. And then to see it at that table. Like, these aren't just words. These aren't just numbers. This is real life. Mm. One in eight women. 
Mercy. I was the one. 